Welcome to the Bruins Benders Podcast, episode 41, The Full Monty, with Maddie and Smitty, brought to you on our new home, the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. InsideTheRink.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL and PHF news, insight, and analysis. Follow on Twitter at Inside underscore the underscore rink, and download the Inside the Rink app to get everything on the website right on your phone and now smitty has a quick word from our new show sponsor and friends of inside the rink bet us they're not a new show sponsor anymore but they still sponsor us nonetheless but uh bet us has your nhl nba ufc pga and nfl betting lines up for their 27th year of live betting sign up at betus.com with the promo code rink for your 125 percent sign up bonus again that is betus.com and use the promo code RINK for your 125% sign-up bonus. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry. Bet US. You bet. You win. You get paid. BetUS.com. Hey, special birthday presents for Smitty this week. And uh, a GM extension, which is the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> and a new head coach. So happy birthday. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Nothing no, like was, uh, was... a subscription to the Jelly and Month Club, but we'll do what we can. Right. right. And it's the equivalent of Don Sweeney getting that extension. Uh, so big news for the Bruins this week. They're keeping us engaged with some podcast content, and that's nice through the summer. Because we actually talked about it earlier that maybe we wouldn't have enough to do a weekly episode. But they are spacing it out pretty well. I know we were impatient and we were getting a little frustrated, but from a podcast sense, this is spaced out rather nicely. Yeah, they're doing they're doing us a solid here, the Bruins. They're, they're kind of spacing it out, give us a little time in between. People can stew on it. We can write some articles. You can write some articles. We can get some content. I'll tell you what, our two best months for this podcast since the Bruins have been eliminated. <laughs> right, right. They have been. Uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, middle of middle of uh, middle of May into into uh, June. And then June's been our best month ever. We've doubled any of our other previous months. So look at that coming out, coming out hot in the hot stove season. It is. And it's like 90 out today and on July, and it's July 1st. So we, uh, we head now to uh, rookie development camps coming up. Mm -hmm. You have free agency beginning, you have the NHL draft. So really, uh, you know, it's a jump jam packed busy schedule right now. Seven chirps time sponsored by lops brewing, Lops is a brewery and tasting room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers. It is open seven days a week, and you can use the coupon code SPORTS to get 10% off your online order. Go to lopsbrewing.com and visit them on social media, at Lops Brewing, for new beers and events. Chirp number one, Joe McDonald reports that Patrice Bergeron is coming back, potentially on a one-year deal. Your thoughts on that? I am elated <laughs> isn't it, isn't it, i mean it's elation it really is it's happy it's birthday to me i am yep. i am very excited about that uh it helps to plug the glaring hole that the bees would have had in the middle of the lineup without him uh he really seems to being showing no signs of of letting down at all i mean he had one of the best defensive seasons by a forward in the history of the league last year one of the best offensive seasons by a forward in the history of the league. So 
uh, he's he's a key piece, and uh, you know, hopefully in free agency and you know potentially the draft and some trades, you can fill in some of those pieces that you're going to be missing early in the season with the absences of Marshand and McAvoy and Grizzlick, and and uh, you know, hopefully they'll uh, they'll be able to. Um, you know, get things going in the right direction and, and sustain things until the until some of those guys come back and then can make a push towards the second half of the year uh, for the playoffs. You know, the pressure on signing potentially, it's actually the best case scenario, I think, for them because you 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 have a bunch of forwards, I think it's six of them or so, coming off the books the following year. And this is almost like a plug and play. If you have Bergeron on a really friendly deal, and then if maybe you bring back like David Krejci or someone, and and you you know we get all those guys back from injury and rehab toward the middle of the season, and you could potentially make a little bit of a run here, even though it's kind of a retool kind of situation you're in. Mm-hmm. So you can compete kind of right before you retool. So this could actually be kind of a perfect little scenario for them. I agree with you. I think, I think it is perfect. I think, you know, him coming back on a one-year deal, um, you know, hopefully for, for fairly short money because they don't have a lot of cap space. And then uh, a bunch of those guys coming off the books, you'll have money to spend next year to kind of do a full rebuild if, if that's the case, you know, that's the way that you need to go. Or you can supplement some pieces, you know, depending on how the team does, um, you know, with the new coach, you know, maybe he comes back again for another year, you know, and he's on a year to year kind of a thing like Char was at the, towards the end. Um, so, you know, it really is the best case scenario, I think, for them moving forward. Yeah, I thought, you know, someone said on Twitter, you know, it's just a random fan or whatever said, you know, this is going to this is perfect because you can. You can play Bergeron and then potentially he can be a trade asset. And I thought to myself, there's no way, I don't think there's any way that they trade Bergeron. Like that's, that's an interesting thought, but I don't think there's any way they trade. I don't think Bergeron would go somewhere. Do you think he would? No, no. Like the, the idea. So I don't think if he hadn't won a cup, they'd be different. Absolutely. But he has the idea of him coming back and then them, you know, probably begging him to come back. Please, Patrice, come sure. back. Our center sure. depth is awful. Please, please, please come back. And then them turning yeah. around and trading him. No free oh. agent in the history of the league would come here no. ever again. They wouldn't. Because they, wouldn't. they were like, oh, that's how you treat a guy who's been with the organization for 18 years. You know, you, right. you coax him out of, you know, semi-retirement. You bring him back and then you flip him. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I, that I mean, wouldn't go over well with with probably the locker room or players around the league. So I don't see that no. as a real possibility. No, and I and I and honestly, I, it might be just a technicality, but I would assume a one year deal would have a no trade in it. I would I would assume. I mean, if I was Bergeron, I would do it, even though I don't think I don't think the organization would do it. I'd still do it. Yeah, <laughs> but just in case, because you know it'd be tempting. You know, if they, you know, if the rehab guys come back and they're not coming back at full tilt, and you're just not playing that well, and you're playing some kids, and you're not going to make the playoffs, um, it would be tempting to send them uh, somewhere. But um, yeah, I mean, I just don't think they would do that. No, I mean, I think it, it would be a conversation that they would have with him. Like, right. you know, if the team's not performing well. Um, 
you know, and they look like they're not going to make the playoffs or something like that, you know, do you have a conversation with them where you say, Hey, Patrice, you know, would you, do you, would you want to go somewhere else to maybe get into the playoffs and have a shot at a, at a last cup or, or something like that? You know, if he, if he's amenable to it, then sure. I mean, mm. I think that's something that, you know, you, you maybe do it, but it would have to be, um, all okay with him like you would have to run right. it by him to to me in order to save face with the fan base and, right. and everything else and i th- and i still think they'd probably crush it for it like they would kill swinging no, for kill it you. they'd yeah. kill you for it yeah i mean look at say for instance pittsburgh's making a run looks pretty good and they can make a deal for bergeron and put him with crosby that's a quite a one-two punch at center mm-hmm. like that, I'd see that scenario where he might because he has a relationship with Crosby and right. Team Canada guys, and he might. But I just don't think it would happen. I think it was it's great for the team, for him to come back, like you said, fill that center spot. It's great for guys like Marshan and Parsonak to have a guy who can him be a good center and play with them, and it helps their careers and it helps their uh, seasons potentially. So I think it's a good move for them, and I think it makes them a contender again. And I'm not the one, I'm not one who says tank and then, because that doesn't, that's never a guarantee, especially in hockey drafts. And we've seen that here. It's not a guarantee. So I'd rather be competitive and then still be able to retool the following year. Uh, that's how, that's how I look at it. All right. Chirp number two, John Sweeney is extended multi-year deal. I haven't seen any terms of it in how many years. Um, are people overreacting, I guess, by, I guess my question is, if you were to let him go, who would you get? I mean, it, there's, there it is again. Like, is there any guarantee that you get somebody better or could it be that you get somebody worse? <laughs> um, I don't think that people are overreacting. I think he should be fired. I think he, sh- I think he should have been fired. I, I think Cassidy was a scapegoat. I, like I said previously, I think they fired the wrong guy. Cassidy right. should be here still and, and Neely and, and Sweeney should be out in my opinion. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not the one that gets to make those type of decisions. Um, I think that he is not really like, like I don't want him to be in charge of the rebuild. I've said that before. I don't want, I don't want him to be right. the one in charge of having to, you know, sign new players because he doesn't seem to do that very well. He signs, seems to sign his own guys okay, and he trades occasionally okay. Um, but the drafting and the signing of the free agents, like, I don't want him doing that. I want someone else to build my team. I don't want him to do it. So, um, right. yeah, I don't think they're overreacting, really. Do you think it's as much – is there a, is there a player development problem? I mean, is it, it – did you think it's as much like I look, you know, I ask myself this and then I say, okay, the guys who left other than, you know, maybe Frank Vetrano <laughs> have done really nothing since they leave. I mean, it, yeah. the guys who they, who they try to stick with for three, four, five years and don't really get to where they think they're going to get. And then they trade them. Danton Heinen has been okay. Yeah. And Frank Vetrano has been okay. But there's nobody that goes and, and scores 35 goals or, or blossoms into this great player we thought he would be. So, no. But is there like a player development issue as much as it is Sweeney drafting? Or is it just that he just, 
I don't know. Again, we've talked about this before. I don't know what he's looking for when he. Yeah, drafts. I don't know. I'm a plan. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure he has a plan. And and there is a player development issue. There is a player development problem. They haven't drafted well since Keith Gretzky left. Like whoever's in charge of of the you know amateur scouting and college scouting and all that stuff, they haven't done a good job. Plain and simple. Yeah. Um, right. You know, maybe some of the uh, college free agents they've they've done okay with the, on that route. Um, you know, Tory Krug is an example of one, you know, there's been some other guys, but you know, overall they just haven't done a good job with it. So I, I do think player development is an issue, but then that goes back to Sweeney. Like if they're not cutting it, like if the guys they're telling you to select or the guys they're putting at the top of your draft board are terrible, then those guys need to go. Like right. you're in charge of those guys. So fire those fucking guys too. Right, like, right. what are we waiting for? Why, why do we keep drafting guys who, who don't blossom anywhere else? And the reason Heinen did is because he's playing with Malkin or Crosby. He's, right. he's playing with good players. Right. You know? So. Toronto's playing with good players. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. 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 I don't, I don't know. And I just, I think that, you know, the development is like, the argument is that they haven't drafted that high, you know, so, you know, 2005 was different, but no, 2015 rather was different, but they haven't drafted that high up in it. So they haven't got great picks and you see Colorado with first overall, second overall, yeah. fourth or, you know, they have all these great players and high draft picks. So I get that part of it, but still you got to hit on, some, you know, a, a few more guys. You have to, you have to, and you have to have sort of an identity. Like, what are we trying to do here? Like, wait, mm-hmm. are we, are we really drafting Trent Frederick 29th because he's a good third liner. I mean, that, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like that's, no. we really drafting Johnny Beecher when at 30, when his steel ceiling is again, bottom six, like Frederick, like, what are we doing? Why don't we take a flyer on a guy? If you're going to take a flyer on a guy, take a flyer on a guy who scored 65 in juniors or something, you know, yeah. like, take a take flyer a fly, on a guy like a guy who put it in the nest. Yeah. Take a know? flyer on a guy like Alex to who was small, right. but, but everywhere he was ever was put up points, take a flyer right. on a guy like that. Right. You know, but they didn't want, you know, they too small. We don't, we don't want him or, you know, Matt Barzell, maybe too small, Kyle Connor or whatever. Right. It doesn't, he's not a great two-way player yet. Well, I mean, there's where your development yeah. comes in. Can you develop yeah. the guy into a good two-way player? Mm-hmm. I mean, you have one of the best two-way players in the history of the fucking league. You know, maybe Patrice Bergeron could teach him a thing or two. I don't know. Sure. Maybe pick him. Right. But that's me. Yeah. That's right. Uh, third chirp, does Sweeney's reputation with fans simply come down to winning that game seven in 2019? In other words, if he has a cup three years ago, is that, is there a lot less fervor to have him gone right now? Absolutely. 100%. So one game one. at home where if you kick one in early, mm-hmm. it's different. Yep. That it comes down really to that. If you win that game, he gets a lot more leash with the fans. 100%. No doubt about yeah. it. Winning cures. Winning cures. Right. I mean, it's right. it's like that in all sports. If you win, right. it, it it the rest of it doesn't matter. It buys you a little, you know, little leeway, buys you a little extra time. You know, people are like, oh, you know, they can bring up 2015, but then you're like, ah, but we won it in 19. So right. it didn't really hurt us all that much. Well, now we haven't won. We lost in 19, you know, so, right. uh, you know, people look at it completely differently. Yeah. If you, if, if they had won 100%, he, he would, fans would probably be like, oh, Taylor Hall signing. Great job. He signed right. all these guys to team friendly deals. You know, all that's well and good. But if they won a cup, 
you know, they're glorifying that stuff rather than saying, I oh, missed on three picks in 2015. Right. And you'd hear a lot less of, boy, we need a team like 2011 that right. hits and plays more physically. And yeah. you don't hear as much of that anymore because they would have beaten a physical team right. in game seven mm-hmm. and would have won the Stanley Cup. And Claude Julian got more leash. After 2011, he, he lasted till 2016. Absolutely. When, before they won the cup, there were people who wanted him gone. Absolutely. Because of the style they played and yep. stuff. And we were, we were even, you know, we were frustrated with the way they played D to D and mm-hmm. working up the ice and, you know, stand in front of the net and win zero zero and all that. Mm-hmm. We, we were frustrated with that for sure. Wow. And they're down two nothing against Montreal in round one in 2011 on a really, with a really stacked team, a wagon. If they lose that series, close gone then. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's all different. Um, all right. To chirp number four, Jim Montgomery is hired as a new Bruins head coach. Um, my initial thought on this was, you know, okay, you know, kind of whatever, underwhelming or better than Leach, better than Quinn, my thought. And then as I read more and I kind of thought about it more, I think I liked the hiring more than I thought I would. I'm with you there. I, 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 my first thoughts were, I'm glad it wasn't Quinn. I'm glad it wasn't Leach. So those were my first thoughts that they went outside the organization to get someone, which I thought was a good, a a good thing just because they need a fresh voice. You know, like Quinn has, has players in the locker room. He knows already. So that's, Mm. that's not a fresh voice to those guys. Uh, Leach has seen a bunch of those guys in Providence. That's not a fresh voice. So I'm glad they went outside the organization to bring in a fresh voice. He seemed, he had some success with Dallas. Um, you know, then he had the, you know, the alcohol incident, um, and was let go, but, uh, and he seems to have rebounded, uh, well and, and sought help and all that stuff. Um, but from all accounts, from what I've heard is he's, he's a player's coach. The players love him. And, uh, but he's still demanding and, and wants them to play a structured style. So to me, that sounds good because I think Cassidy was demanding, but I don't know if he was necessarily a player's coach because of the way he called guys out in the media and so forth. And right. I think that probably wore on guys after a while. So I, I think that Montgomery will be a good fit here. Um, it's just whether he has the players, uh, you know, to be able to make it successful. Yeah, Sweeney talked about Montgomery and how he was with younger players and with veteran players, sort of uh, it did well with both. He's won every, every, I think he made the playoffs every year. He was head coach everywhere. USHL, NCAA, won a title with Denver in 2017. Yep. Uh, and then, you know, has always been really good coach, Dallas as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really, he was projecting, you know, up through the sky until his personal issues caught up with him. And now he's back with, uh, he was back with St. Louis blues and an assistant. He's highly regarded. And, you know, he's, uh, he's familiar with Jeremy Swayman. He's, you know, he's got some familiarity there and in some respect around the league. So I think it's a, I think it's a good hiring. And, and I think, uh, you know, Donnie Sweeney kind of, I think he kind of took his time. I think he evaluated some other coaches just to sort of make a mental note for later. If he needed assistance or if he needed some other organizational changes, because I think you do that through this process. So he took a little extra time because I think he was given like a live, live grenade (laughs) from Cam Neely. Um, And it was a little, we were a little impatient with it, but I think it's the right guy, at least for now. And, and frankly, um, we might be overdoing it with the whole coach thing. I mean, they need a roster of players who can 
who are right. good, who are high talented players, and um, they need to spend to the cap and they need to do it wisely and um, need to put themselves in a good position as they reload. So, but the, this is, like, I think, a good hiring and certainly better than some of the. I mean, the day before Montgomery was hired, David Quinn looked like he was a guy. And it was going back and forth all over social media. Like, mm-hmm. no, this is, it's Leach. No, it's Quinn. No, it's, and no, this, they're going to, they're going to, now they're going to, then I, then I would hear like two other names out of nowhere yeah. going in for interviews. I'm like, what are we doing? Right. Like, so now it's, uh, now it's done and we can, we can move on. Uh, all right. So one, one last, sorry, one last thing on Montgomery before you uh, move on to the next thing. I also um, read that during his time as the assistant with St. Louis, he was in charge of specialty teams with them. And they had uh, the second or third best power play, I believe, and the and the and a top ten penalty killing unit. So I think that may have also played a role in uh, in him getting hired because he was uh, good with those uh, special units. Well, that's good, and I hope, hopefully that uh, the it'll be a little bit more less, a little bit less one dimensional power play. I think that really hurt hurt the Bruins. All right, chirp number five. Kevin Weeks says David Krejci is in South Carolina. He's in America. And could be considering a return to the NHL. Um, I think it, it all depends on here, here's here's the thing. Bruins have some leeway with the long-term IR uh, with those contracts, and they can use some of that uh, as open cap space. Uh, Patrice Bergeron, there's reports that he may be taking less than mark, far less than market value. Um, so if he's taking two or three million and Krejci's never been a guy who's taken like he was the highest paid player on the team. He was. So he's never he hasn't been one of those guys that said, no, I'm not. I mean, he was a second line center making the most money. So and you know, no one made more than Krejci at the time. I think Rask was right there with him. Mm-hmm. But he he's not a discount sort of guy. So I wonder if it'd be weird if Bergeron comes in, say at two, and Krejci comes in at five. <laughs> like it's just that's a little weird to me. But I think the chances of Krejci coming back were about 30% right now. Yeah, I don't think the chances are great because I think he's happy over there. I think his family's happy over there. But there is, you know, you keep hearing smoke about it. Like the Pasternak with Krejci, like asking him about it on Instagram. Now Kevin Weeks comes out with a report. If there was nothing there, I think it would have been shut down pretty quickly. So to, so to me, there's something there. Now, whether it's, you know, 10% or 25% or 50%, whatever, I don't know the answer to that. But, but what I do know is I would certainly like him to be on the Bruins. So sure. if, if he wants to come back and he wants to play for five and Bergeron's going to play for two, or if he comes in at two and they, you know, they both come in at two, whatever it is, um, I'm all for it because he's going to have some wingers now. He's going to have some guys that he can get the puck to. It seemed like he had a pretty good uh, rapport, a pretty good chemistry with Taylor Hall when they played together for, for a brief time there. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I feel like, you know, there might be a little bit of an enticement there for him to, to come back, you know, for one year, you know, possibly more. Yeah, and I think the problem you have right now is you have, you know, Mike Riley's injured, rehab, you know, he, some of the pieces you may have sense somewhere else um you know probably can't probably can't trade right now maybe you wait for a couple of guys you think you might want to move on from maybe you wait until into the season to trade them i don't know again you have some cap space now that you have some guys on long-term ir so but i think bergeron and Krejci again 
coming back for one year apiece is a really good, if this is a bridge year, that's the perfect scenario. That's the perfect way to do it is to have two really high end centers come back for one year to fill that gap. And then the following year you say, okay, now, now what are we going to do? Or you start to piece that together as the season is unfolding or whatever, but it does buy you time and it's the best, it's just the best way to do it, I think, because you can really compete with those two guys again in the talent you have. So, um, all right. Chirp number six, Hall of Fame inductees. It was uh, Daniel Alfredson. Alfie. Uh, yeah, yeah, inducted. Alexander McGillney is not in the Hall of Fame. I can't, can you believe that? I can't believe it. That like, is unreal. It, it's, it's really a travesty. If you look oh at uh, some of the seasons that he's had and the amount of points and goals that he has compared oh. to some other guys that have, that have gotten in, both the Sedins are getting in this year, and, and yeah. Roberto Luongo yeah. is getting in. They all deserve it. They all deserve sure. it. They deserve sure. to be in. But sure. Alexander McGillney blows them away as far as yeah. as far as points and and goals and so forth. So, uh he should have been in years ago. I don't know why he's not in. Yeah. Um I don't but uh you know, I think it's I think it's kind of cool that Luongo and the and the Sedins are going in the same year. That's nice. Um but you know, McGillney should 100% be in. He should be. I mean, he had far more than a point per game. Over a thousand points at nine hundred and ninety games or whatever. Like he had seventy six goals in a season. He yeah, had, he won a cup. He had two all star appearances. He won a Lady Bing. Like man, um, yeah, that's uh, that's something else altogether. Um, but yeah, Daniel Alfredson goes in, and I think McGillney should be in. All right, trap number seven. Saw this on Twitter. If you had the chance to spend a day with one NHL player, but from another team, who would it be? So I've thought about this a little bit. And I'm and I'm going with. It, usually, you go with guys who are like fighters and so forth because they're good storytellers and they're good they're good players to uh, you know share a beer with and that kind of thing. So to me, if I'm going, I'm going with someone that I want to go with someone that's been in the league a long time, someone that's a good storyteller. So I'm going like Jumbo Joe Thornton, or I'm going like. Uh, Ryan Reeves or somebody like that. That's okay. that's a fighter that that can tell you some good stories. Joe Thornton, by all accounts, is a, is a character. Um, maybe okay. a Drew Doughty, who's a who's like a guy who chirps all the time. So I'm going with one of those guys. Give me Thornton. Give me a, give me a foursome at the golf course with beers afterwards. <laughs> Thornton, Reeves, Doughty, and Smith. Okay, that's a that's interesting. Like a bunch of pugilists who like to uh, who like to fight and like to chirp guys. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd like to go with like a Drew Doughty, like the good chirpers. Yeah, you know, the good guys have personality. I'd like to go with someone like that, and that's a good idea. Like a foursome. Yeah, is yeah a little golf foursome is would be a lot of fun too. Um, or you just go with like the big boys, like you know Crosby and those guys, like yeah. you know Matthews. Yeah, like those types of guys, like the just get a chance to play golf with three of the greatest players ever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind, uh, like Landis God looks like a pretty cool guy. Like I wouldn't mind spending right. some time with him. Uh, then you got yeah. like, you know, the Kale McCars and, and, you know, Jonathan yeah. Tate, like the, it's any superstar guy would probably be 
cool, but I want someone with personality. Give me Joe Thornton. So if he says if he's going to score four goals, he's going to pull his cock right. out. Like, give me right. give me a guy like that. <laughs> Plus, he'd give you a lot of scoop on the Bruins. Yeah, I want to hear all, I want to hear all that old dirt. I want to hear yeah. about the O'Connell trade, how it all went yeah. down. I want to hear all that stuff. So yeah, that's a good or Sagan. Like, tell yeah, us that would be a good one too. What, what really happened? Yeah, like who did you bang? Yeah, how many of those people? Are <laughs> right? True? Did you did yeah. you have sex with Nathan Horton's wife more than once? Yeah. Did you? Let's get to I the bottom Sorelli's of this. daughter too. Like that's <laughs> really yeah, yeah. I didn't hear that. So that would that would you know what <laughs> the, the Horton's wife thing? Okay, the Shirelli's daughter. Now I see why they're in the room. Yeah, like behind the B. Like okay, let's get rid of this dude. Right now I see it. Yeah, yeah that's for sure. Holy shit! Um, yeah, I heard I heard I heard that on Twitter. But you know we hear on Twitters. Yeah. Not necessarily true. Um, all right. Central. So it's the draft is coming up July 7th and 8th. So what we're going to do, the Bruins pick 54th, and they always seem to reach, take guys well off the board. So we're going to look at central scouting and who is ranked right around the 54 spot, North America skaters and in international skaters. All right. So Smitty, you had... The North American skater at 54. Yeah, the North American skater at 54 is Jake Livinage okay. out of uh, the Chicago whatever steel or something in the USHL. Uh, and yeah. um, he is a five, <laughs> he's a five, nine and a half, 157 pound soaking wet left shot defenseman. Oh, God. Played 61 games, had three goals, 42 assists for 45 points and 40 pims. So maybe he was a little bit of a, you know, had a little bit of a, a little bit of yeah, a, like a Tory Krug agitator or something, a little bit of a yeah. mean streak, but yeah. uh, a little, a little man. So he'll fit right in on the Bruins left side with oh, the Jesus. likes of uh, Krug and Ashan oh, and uh, Grizzlick and, you know, uh, Riley's not any huge guy by any great shake so oh that's gosh. number 54 hell hell i could see him picking them i could see him picking I that could guy see them picking him i could i mean that's oh god that goes against everything that the fans have said and everything mm -hmm. that they even said about yep. their physicality like, yeah oh my god like that is a donnie sweeney pick if i've ever heard one and the fact that the fans love you know how many fans talk about how Jack Ashan should get a shot? Or oh yeah, get a shot! Oh my friggin' gods! Like yep. and the Krug people who miss Krug. Like mm -hmm. you can't on one hand say we got to be more physical and take a bigger, you know, be able to take the beating on defense and got to get bigger on defense and then fall in love with Jack Ashan. Like okay, I mean, come on! Like what are you doing? Like that just doesn't make any sense. Not That's any sense stupid. at all. Nope. Um, all right, so then there was. Um, there was the international skaters at 54. So let's take a look of who that was at 54. And that's Santeri Sokol. And he is from Finland, juniors. Six, two and a half, 185 pound, left wing, left shot, left wing. And perfect. He had 13 goals last season. <laughs> so that'll fit right in. He'll be a third line grinder. Uh, the likes of Joachim Nordstrom and in copping in and all these other jerks uh, they've gotten to play there so that'd be perfect at 54 to get a guy who has no ability to score the puck right. here's some other guys though in the north american skaters that are right around 54 that i think the bruins will have their eyes on see if you can figure out why okay, okay. uh at number 50 is ben mcdonald out of noble and greeno in massachusetts okay, okay. uh it's from hingham he is a 5'11.5", 165-pound center. He's a left shot. In 22 games, he had 14 goals, 15 assists for 29 points, 
and zero penalty minutes. Oh, that fits right in. That fits right in. And then at number 52 is Michael Fisher from the St. Mark School in Massachusetts. Oh, here we go. And he was a 6'2", 193-pound right-shot defenseman, played in 28 games, had 13 goals, 37 assists for 50 points. He also did not commit a single penalty. Okay, great. Great. (laughs) Chip on his shoulder. Terrific. Yeah. Good. Uh, and then at 61 is Devin Kaplan from the USA under 18 national development program. He okay. is a six, two and a half, right? 199 pound right wing. He's a right nice. shot. Uh, 13 goals, 25 assists for 38 <laughs> points in 53 yes. games. And he had 59 penalty minutes. Okay. So a big kid with a little bit of a, a little bit of an edge. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, all right. So what we're going to do, so the draft is the, the July 7th is when they'll pick 54th in the second round. So let's pick, each pick three guys okay, and see if we can nail this pick um, coming up. Okay. You want me to go first or you want to yeah, go first? Yeah, you go first. You go okay. first. So I'm going with, um, I, I don't want to steal your guy, so I'm not going to say the, the, the first one. Um, okay. Let's go with um, Mc- Bryce McConnell Barker from Sault Ste. Marie. <laughs> He's the 34th overall North American skater in the NH- in the OHL. He's a 6'1", 193-pound left shot center. He In 68 games, he had 23 goals, 26 assists, 49 points, and 14 penalty minutes. Okay, so that was, what number was he? He was number 34, Bryce McConnell Barker. That's a hyphenated. 34. Yeah. Okay. Well, because, you, you know, if you add in the, the oh, North right. American and, and, the, the, and the international, international then it's, I get yeah. you. I got yeah. you. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, uh, 34, I'm going to go, uh, my next choice is Cruz Lucius at 41. He's out of the USA National Development Program. <laughs> Lucius. Yeah. He's a six foot, 178 pound right wing. Okay. In 20, 23 games, this is right up their alley. 23 okay. games, he had nine goals, eight assists, 17 points. <laughs> 10 penalty minutes. So, not, mm-hmm. not a point per game for the development program. Okay. okay. Uh, and uh, then um, for my last pick, I'm going uh, 61 in the North American state skater, Devin Kaplan. Also okay. of the USA national development team, uh, six two, uh, six two and a quarter, one hundred ninety five pound, one hundred ninety five ninety nine pound right wing, um, had uh, thirteen goals, twenty five assists, thirty eight points, uh, fifty nine pims. That was a guy I said uh, earlier, I think. Okay. Yep. Okay. So you do have an OHL. You have a Sault Ste. Marie guy. In I have a Sault Ste. Marie guy. Yeah. Okay. So that's bucking the trend. It is. But he's a, he's a left now. shot center. Six one left shot center. Okay. Um, okay. So yeah. How about okay. yourself? What do you got? So I got uh, number one. Uh, I got uh, the 29th skater in North America is Seamus Casey. <laughs> Going with Seamus. Nice Irish boy. Yeah. From the U.S. under 18. Five nine and a quarter. Oh no! 162 pound no. defenseman, right shot D, with 10 goals and 23 assists in 48 games and 14 pims. So I got Seamus Casey, another undersized D man, and the right shot. Um, 
and then I will go with, uh, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Jack Devine, University of Denver, 5'11", 173, right shot, right wing, with three goals this past <laughs> season on the national champs, 36 games played, 16 assists, 19 points, 16 PIMS. What, so what, uh, what rank is he? He is uh, 65 okay. in North America. Um, and then, you know, I was going to go with that guy you were talking about, but I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to go uh, in a different direction. I think okay. I'm going to go on the international side. Okay. And I'm going to go with, let's see who is the, um, let's see. I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go with Victor Nuchev, 34th on the international skating list. He is from Russia, 62-165, left wing, left shot, 61 games played, 40 goals, 27 assists, 14 pins. Okay. Victor Nuchev. Okay. And our, and our, uh, our sleeper that we both uh, agreed on is the 77th North American skater, Cameron O'Neill from Mount St. Charles yes. in Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, 5'11 and a half, 182 pound right wing. He's a right shot in 62 in 62 games. 62, yeah, 62 games. games. 57 yeah. goals, 76 assists, 133 points. Mm. Yeah. So uh, that's a guy who produces. So yeah. we'll we'll throw him in as our uh, as our dark horse, uh, yeah. the 77th <laughs> overall North American skater. Cameron, you might get O'Neal. him. You know, you might get him at like ninety-one, 91 maybe. Yeah, you might. And you know what? If he's there, take him at ninety-one. He scored sixty-five friggin' goals, like yeah, or sixty thousand, whatever it was, like fifty-seven goals, goals, seventy, fifty-seven goals, seventy-six assists, one hundred thirty-three yeah. points I mean, in sixty-two games. He almost scored a goal a game. Yeah, like, and I, I know it's high school, but it's it's one of the best high school programs. In the country, sure is. Like it's it's high end high school hockey. Like, yeah. and he can score the puck. Mm-hmm. I mean, if every and if it was that easy, everybody would do it, right? So I, I think I think you go with him at ninety one or wherever else they pick beyond that. I think I think if he's there, you take him. What the hell, you know? Absolutely. Uh, all right, random throwback draft time, two thousand six draft, and this is a real beaut for the Bruins. Super. In 2006, Eric Johnson was the number one pick in the draft. Defenseman for the St. Louis Blues. who plays 857 games and is a uh, minus five in his career. And number two was Jordan Stahl. Three was Jonathan Taves. Four was Nicholas Backstrom. And then at five, Phil Kessel for the Bruins. And he has been dynamite, 1,200 games, 956 points. Um, one of the really great goal scorers of this generation and uh, playmakers and so forth. Uh, six was Derek Broussard. Seven, Kyle Pozo. Eight was P- Peter Miller, which was a swing and a miss. James Shepard and then Michael Froelich, top 10 in that group. Pretty good draft. Claude Giroux, Nicky yeah. Felino, 28th. Uh, in that draft as well. Pretty, pretty good first round, really, with only, you know, one, two, three, four players never making the NHL. So that was pretty good. Then Bruins take Milan Lucic, 50. He's played over a thousand games. So two home runs 
in the first two rounds for them. And then uh, Bruins had in the third round, Brad Marchand. So there's one, two, three. Uh, talk about a heck of a draft. 874 games, 795 points. And he, uh, and that's that's a really good one, two, three. He was picked right before Cal Clutterbuck. And right after, Robin Figrin, who never played a game in the NHL for the wow. New York Islanders. So the Islanders could have had him right there. He was a wing, too. And he was right there and fell to Boston. Uh, round four, it looks like they did not have a draft pick. Round five was Andrew Budnarchuk. And Andrew played 42 games in the NHL. No one really behind him as the draft got weak in a hurry. Uh, Levi Nelson, round six. Uh, let's see, you had Victor Stolberg and Andrew McDonald after him. Matthew Perot, Leo Komarov were after him. And then to round out the draft in round seven, looks like they did not have a draft pick. So that was one of the all-timers. Yeah, that might be one of their best drafts ever. Ever. I mean, we'll have to take a look at it, but that might be the best ever. Yeah. I mean, one, two, three is is three v- excellent hockey players. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know if maybe Marchand, you know, I don't know if any of them will make the Hall of Fame. Maybe one or two. Marchand has a chance. Marchand has a chance. He, he definitely has a chance. And Kessel has how many cups? Two, three? Yeah, Kessel has yeah. Was it was it three? I think he yeah, might have three. So see. you you if you have a thousand points and three cups, you you probably yeah. get in. I think. Yeah. He has, well, he has he has two cups and a Masterson Masterson trophy. He yeah. has he scored. Oh boy, he scored thirty goals one two three four five six times. Um, you know he has nine hundred fifty six points. He's gonna he's gonna get a thousand points. Um which is usually a good thing to do. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and also, you know what, the, the people talk about Kessel and people seem to either like him or not like him, you know, but he's 81 points in 96 playoff games. Yeah. He like produced he, in the playoffs. He, in the playoffs. he does. I mean, they won two, they went back to back cups with him and he had 22 points and 23 points in those two cup runs. Like, you know, he's a plus 12 in the 16, 17 cup run. Like, I mean, he's, he's pretty, Pretty and even with Boston, he had he had four points in four games, eleven points in eleven games. The playoffs, yeah, like he produces. And mm-hmm. in that Toronto team that should have beaten them in two thousand thirteen, he was a he was a one of the reasons why. Yeah, he was he was producing. There weren't not a lot of their other top guys were, but he was. He was. Yeah, yeah he was. He had four goals in the seven game series. Mm-hmm. You know, so, uh, but that was quite the draft for the Boston Bruins for sure. Uh, next week's episode, we'll have, we'll be able to recap who the Bruins pick in the draft and we'll see who, who, if we, uh, if we nailed it, we didn't take too many reaches though. No, so I don't know. They usually take reaches. I don't know. You know, here's an interesting thing. It'd be interesting to see where the person ranks that they draft because of all the backlash about the drafting. It would be interesting to see if Sweeney this time says, I got to be safe. Like I got to pick a guy who's right here. I wonder if that's on the table. I think it should be 100% yeah. should be like, it should be too. like to me, if you, if you've missed as much as they've missed, yeah. you know, in the, in the years leading up to this draft, you basically are looking at who's at 54 in the combined, you know, North America, you know, European 
rankings and you're taking either a guy who's above 54, like, you know, closer to closer to number one that maybe has been has dropped or some people have passed on. You take that guy. Like if there's a guy at 37 that's still there for some reason, you take him. And if there's a guy at 50, you take him. And if there's a guy at 51, you take him. And if there's a guy at 54, you take him. Yeah. Or you take the next available guy. If all the top 54 are taken, which they shouldn't right. be, but if right. they're, they are, then you take the guy at 55. Fucking right. let them help you draft. Right. Right. Because you're not, if they take because you're not good at situation, it. If they take a more NHL, like a guy who needs maybe a year and not three or four. Maybe. Maybe. You know, because they need some, they need the draft of the prospect pool. So maybe they take like Jack Devine from college, you know, because maybe he can step in at some point or something, or take a guy who's been in college or played is a little more mature, I guess, as a person and doesn't need as much seasoning. I don't know. Well, I mean, we'll see what happens there. Follow us on, uh, at Bruins Benders on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Go to InsideTheRink.com for Bruins Benders merchandise. We're on YouTube. Download the Inside the Rink app. July 7th and 8th is the NHL draft. July 13th, free agency begins. July 11th to the 15th is rookie development camp at Warrior Ice Arena. So we'll take a look, uh, and we'll keep an eye on all of that coming up. We appreciate everybody listening. Have a great 4th, everybody, and we'll talk again next week. Go Bruins! Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.